0: hello and welcome to the forge church catch-up podcast we're delighted that you've chosen to press play on this podcast today my name is johnny and i'm part of the teaching team here at the forge each sunday our hope and prayer is to provide practical teaching directed by god that ties into everyday life we hope that today's talk encourages you do you have to go to church to be a christian now i've heard that question many times and i get where people are coming from i mean Jesus might sound appealing, but to have to get up on the one morning that you can have a lie-in and then to head out to face a service that you don't connect that well with, well, doesn't sound very appealing, does it? And yet my upbringing, which has been a church upbringing, would want to answer yes to that question. I mean, how can you be a Christian and not go to church? I had to go to church every week. Even when we went on holiday, we had to go find a church to go to. But since the middle of March, 2020, no one has gone to church. Every church has closed their doors and somehow, quite amazingly, people have remained Christians. So do you have to go to church to be a Christian? Well, of course not. Why? Because church isn't an event isn't a service, it's a bunch of people, a community working out what it means to follow Jesus. And if you want to explore faith or are a follower of Jesus already, then the best place that you can put yourself is with others on the journey. You know, it's been a fascinating time leading Alpha courses over the years. Alpha's this introduction to the Christian faith where people meet each other to learn, uh, to ask questions and to explore faith. And so often people say that they love the Alpha evenings with the food and the videos and discussion and their faith rises up. And then the high that they feel just drifts away until the next week when they're kind of bolstered up again. So why is that? What's happening? Well, it's the power of community. It's what being with others does to us. You see, life is better together because together we can go further. Together we can support each other. We can learn from each other and care and encourage each other. It's why the writer to the Hebrews says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habits of doing, but encouraging one another. Now, in reality, there are other one another's that we face in relationships that we may annoy one another occasionally fight and fall out with one another, be let down by one another. And that doesn't sound quite so appealing, does it? And that's why, sadly, some people walk away from church and faith. But facing those struggles... That's also part of the journey, part of the learning of community life. And it's also how we grow in love and patience. If we walk away whenever it gets tough, we never develop grit and and strength of character. And most importantly, we don't grow in love. So life is better together, not necessarily easier together. But through being together, it gives us the best chance to grow in faith. And as I said last week, our aim is to connect people relationally in order to grow them spiritually, because we need each other, which is why we encourage people to join groups. You know, it's easy to get lost in large groups, to feel anonymous, to not know where we fit in and not really know people. But I believe the best community is built in homes where we can know others and be known, where it feels, well, more like family. We run 10-month groups where between 5 and 12 people um, gather in homes, or currently on Zoom, <laughs> to build relationships, to learn together and to give each other support. We encourage to be people to be part of running mates, where three or four people meet monthly and share life and what's going on at a deep level. You know, there's more vulnerability and accountability in running mates because there's fewer people and therefore it's a safer environment. These groups help to create a nurturing environment in order to know Jesus better and to grow in faith. I read a lovely message from Amanda a while back, who's part of a forged 10-month group. She wrote this, in October last year, we moved here from Kent as my husband's job was relocated. Whilst this is an exciting time in our lives, in many ways, I was entirely unprepared for just how disconnected and uprooted I would feel. I always knew how important my church family was to me, uh, but that's been highlighted so very much by our move. Having visited a few churches, including the Forge, I knew that I needed to get more connected, and I was drawn to the idea of the 10-month groups that the Forge offer. So by December, I had joined a group which meets weekly, and I have to say that it has been such a blessing. I felt welcomed unconditionally have been able to express my thoughts freely and ask questions that I've wanted to. I've discovered more about what the forge is about and I've been challenged to explore my faith more honestly than ever before. And those connections are beginning to grow with familiar faces, with shared experiences and the roots of friendship. God is good, Amanda says. I love to hear of people growing in faith? Because our mission as a church, um, the kind of the purpose that we exist is to help people find and follow Jesus. So what are the conditions or the environments to best follow Jesus? Well, I believe there are three groups of people that we need to have in our lives in order to grow. And I mentioned these um, just the other day in the unpacked lunch that we do on Wednesdays. Firstly, we need those who are further on in their journey of faith than us to guide and to teach us. You know, we need role models and mentors to learn from You know, who are going to challenge and help us become the person God's created us to be. Secondly, we need those who we can share our lives with, who are in a similar place to ourselves, you know, people that we can be open with uh, and we can share our our real struggles and our secret life, you know, people that we can be mutually accountable with uh, and, and we can challenge each other. And the third group is we need those who are perhaps a few steps behind us, who we can invest in, who we can nurture and be role models and mentors to. You know, it's that third area that many people often neglect and they miss out on. During Jesus' life, he called a group of men together. They're known as his disciples. uh, And he invested in them for three years. He was their teacher, their mentor. uh, And they processed together what they were learning. Occasionally having a fallout with each other along the way, but growing in faith together. And after Jesus' resurrection, they looked to take what they had learned to invest in others. You know, some of Jesus' last words were, go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by the baptism in the threefold name of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you, and I'll be with you as you do this, day after day, right up to the end of the age. You know, Jesus hadn't invested in those disciples so that they would sit back and just enjoy a relationship with God. No, it was to see them do what he had done with them. It was for them to put into practice and to pass on everything they'd learnt. And it's how the church grew. In fact, it's why we're live streaming this service today, because they took what Jesus did and they taught um, it to others and invested in others who invested in others who, well, you get the picture. Paul, a church planter, an evangelist who wrote, um, many of the letters in the New Testament, wrote these words to his protege, Timothy For you must teach others those things that you and many others have heard me speak about. Teach these great truths to trustworthy men who will, in turn, pass them on to others. Do you see the relationship here? Paul, who was further ahead in faith, was teaching Timothy and many others who were on the journey together, who in turn teach others who in turn will pass it on to others. So let me ask the question, who are your mentors and teachers? Who, who are you learning from in order to grow in faith? know, this shouldn't be one person. This, we should learn from lots of people I've been privileged to have been invested in by some amazing people throughout my life. Some I've known well, others that I've hardly ever met. You know, two people, uh, uh, one called Victor Jack and one, Nigel Taylor, were key people for me growing up. You know, they invited me to youth weekends. They gave me opportunities to serve. They gave great advice, advice for when I was heartbroken after girlfriends had dumped me. I loved learning from their talks. They just inspired me. You know, more recently, a man called Andy Stanley from Atlanta, whom I've only ever met once, has mentored me without him even knowing it. You know, his books, his talks and his training in recent times have hugely influenced my leadership, my walk with God and my understanding of the Bible. To grow in faith, we need mentors and teachers who invest in us. And sometimes they'll come to us, but more often we have to seek them out. And that's why connecting in groups is so helpful, as there's often someone in the group, uh, sometimes it's the leader, but others also who are further on in their faith that we can learn from within group life. I mean, let me ask you, what books are you reading or podcasts are you listening to? Which leaders and role models are investing in you? Whoever it is, lean into them and don't just find out what they believe. Find out why they believe it and how they've come to those conclusions. You know, understand their journey of faith and learn all you can. Now, mentors and teachers can be a bit intimidating at times. And so it's good to invest uh, time with people in a similar place to ourselves. It's why we encourage running mates, safe places to be known, to really connect and to hold each other mutually accountable. You know, on Tuesday, I had an hour's call with two church leaders in the UK, people I know quite well, and we shared the joys and the frustrations of our roles, the current pandemic and and where we're struggling in life. It was a really honest conversation uh, and we talked faith and we prayed for each other and I came off that call feeling lighter and knowing that I'm not alone in the struggles that I face. You know, you and I need others around us to lean into at times and for us to help support them when they struggle. It's this mutual relationship. And at times we need someone to speak into our lives if we're veering off track or making poor decisions. You know, it's really helpful to give permission to one or two people that you really trust before a conversation like that is needed. Otherwise, it's, right, it's just really hard to receive and we question their motives. So who are you doing life with at a deeper level? Please, if you can't answer that, get involved in a group or start a running mates group with close friends. And if you're in a running mates group, make sure that you're really pushing each other forward in faith and not just being comfortable. You know, keep returning to why you're meeting, the purpose that you started in the first place, because these relationships are crucial to growth and in helping us become more like Jesus. And finally, and most scarily for for many, is who in my life is a few steps behind me in faith that I can invest in, that I can mentor and encourage? You know, I'm so proud of my my son, Sam, who a few years ago wasn't really moving forward in faith, but he had helped on a youth camp. And he was asked by a young person if he would mentor them. and, And Sam bravely said yes. So they met up on occasions and they studied a book together. I think the book was God is Closer Than You Think by John Ortberg. And their meetups were helpful Uh, and through it, Sam grew in confidence and in faith. You see, being used by God to encourage others on in faith is so exciting. It's so rewarding and it's so worth doing. So who can you encourage? Who can you study a book with or meet uh, to talk about faith and to chat through questions? You know, if you do it, you will find it life-giving, and you'll grow in your faith. You really will. Life is better together. But how do we find these people in these three groups? Well, start with your own networks and friendship groups. Then go wider to your church networks. And if you get stuck, ask friends to help you identify key people who can help you move forward by learning, by doing life together, and by investing in others. Hey, I would love to pray for you. Let me do that. Father God, you've created us to be in community with other people. And thank you that there are people that we can learn from, we can share life together with and people who need us to invest in them. Help us not to shy away from relationships, but to lean into them in order to grow in faith. Please help us to find role models, to be role models and be willing to share our lives with others. Thank you that life is better together. In Jesus' name, amen. That's all for this week. Thanks once again for joining us. We'd love to keep the conversation going, so why not check out Forge Church UK on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or go online at forgechurch.com where you can watch other content, find the next step, give financially, or see any details of what's currently going on in and around the Ford. We're looking forward to you joining us next time.